Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy, Devin Hine, sitting across on the table with Mr. Luke Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. Guys, we have made it to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And as you guys probably know, our Packers did not have a game this week because we did a good job this season and secured the number one seed. That we did. So we have a lot that we want to get to previewing our date Saturday night against the rival San Francisco 49ers. So before we get into all that plethora of information, we want to just kind of bounce around to the games from the wildcard mat, the wildcard weekend, pardon me, and just kind of give tidbits. Yeah, yeah, just kind of a couple thoughts on each game, right? About the not so super wildcard weekend. Yeah, kind of underwhelming. Definitely, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, um what game do you want to start with? Whew. Well, can we start with my second favorite team? I got to go with my Buffalo Bills over the Patriots. Yes, we can, which absolutely was a terrible game, unless you're a Buffalo Bills fan or just anti-Bill Belichick, which I think most of us probably are at this point. So, we just got to come out and say it, right? That was the greatest performance in the history of the NFL playoffs. And that feels dramatic, folks, but it was literally a perfect game. The Bills scored on a touchdown on every single drive besides when they were needing the ball at the end of the game. And they did not even face a fourth down. Josh Allen, over 300 yards, five touchdowns. Devin Singletary, lesser Devin, but still a good dude. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, Devin. I like mine better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just need a minute. I'm sorry. I'm back, folks. Devin Singletary got two rushing touchdowns on the ground. I mean, just everything went right for the Bills. They looked absolutely unstoppable. Right. I mean, that was peak Bills right there, which was cool to see because last year, I think most Packer fans probably agree that's what we wanted in the Super Bowl Bills Packers. Yes. And that we thought was the most likely matchup. And then, most likely matchup. Obviously, the Bills are kind of our um, brother out to the east a little bit. Small town gets cold, you know, crazy fans, crazy There's some fans. Definite comparisons there. Exactly. Exactly. So I've always had kind of a, a soft spot. For them personally. Plus, we have some connections, you know, got Don Beebe, that kind of thing. So, oh, and hello, Micah Hyde. Obviously, Micah Hyde in more recent times, who had an amazing interception in this game. Coming over like a free safety, one handed. It looked gorgeous. You know what else he did? Received punts very he well. He which used to do that for us too. He was, he was our last real good punt returner, solid, consistent punt returner, right? Tyler Urban takes offense. Okay, that was for like half a season. But still, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. But Micah Hyde was kind of the last stalwart we had, kind of really solidified the position back there. And he did it for the same reason. He's not their punt returner, but it's playoffs. You put who you trust back there, right? Just really proud of what I saw to Buffalo as a whole. Um, they had lost their all-pro cornerback, Trey White, owning the season to injury. And I thought that they were going to take a little bit of a hit in the secondary only gave up 17 points mm -hmm. to a Patriots team, which doesn't have a whole lot of top-tier talent, but it's Belichick. You know, he can he can get me or you to the Pro Bowl wide receiver. This is true. And I think uh, he even, that defense, if I remember correctly, was top five this year. And they just absolutely eviscerated them. So, happy to see it for Buffalo. They're on to the next round. Go Bills. Go Bills. You had the Bengals-Raiders game, which was probably the most controversial game, I would say, out of the weekend. Yeah, and I think probably the best game out of the weekend. Uh, obviously, we'll touch on the only other close game a little bit later, but that was kind of the back and forth. Kind of came down to the the end there with with Carr, but 
Yeah, there was some controversy. There was some controversy. The Joe Burrow whistle, uh, the play dead that didn't happen. Just right. They they blew that whistle right in the middle of the play before the the reception was caught in the end zone. So technically, that TD should have been taken off the board and replay the down. But not surprisingly, they did not do that. It's kind of my only takeaway from the Bengals. You know, you kind of. The only other thing is that with how high-powered this offense is, the fact that they only scored 26 points on a on a Raiders team, that they're a good story. They've had a lot of adversity, but, you know, that it's not their coach. Right? No, and, and Crosby had a really nice game for them at uh, DN, so kind of almost single-handedly kept that within reach a little bit because he kind of took over the game at points. But I agree. I was kind of expecting a little bit more firepower. Derek Carr did some Derek Carr stuff. Uh, both good and bad in that game. That last interception was was a little rough to see. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty classic Derek Carr move. But, you know, props to the Raiders, right, for getting this far with everything they've had to go through this year. And like you said, he he's not their coach, um, in theory anyways, but he's done – that guy's done a hell of a job with that team, with everything that's gone on, and the players absolutely love him. Derek Carr said as much after the game. Yeah, he should definitely be back for another season. But, I mean, all the John Gruden stuff, Henry Ruggs literally being selfish and killing somebody. Uh, the cornerback Arnett, right? Yeah, he did something else just he asinine like, as well. He, like, posted a video threatening to kill somebody, so then he got kicked off the team. Yeah. And, just... and I mean, if you look at that team talent-wise before the season, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of think they're like a bubble, a, a playoff bubble team. Right. And with all that shit that happened, the fact that they made it shows some resiliency. Mm-hmm. But I'm not surprised they didn't make it very far. No, no, I think it, the correct team won, right? I was, part of me was kind of ruined for the Raiders just because of that story, but the Bengals are the team that has a chance in the next round. I think the Raiders would have just gotten whooped. Speaking of whoopings, oh boy, ooh, I don't even know which game you're going to bring up, but yes, there was a lot of whoopings. Friend of the show, Brian Webb, your Philadelphia Eagles made the trip to Tampa Bay. Didn't, I think didn't really show up to play. Just Brady doing Brady, man. Buccaneers right. spanked him 31-15. But I don't even know if it was Brady doing Brady. I mean, Brady looked pretty good in the first half. Second half, not so much. The Eagles really started getting to him. Uh, really applied, applied a lot of pressure. And a lot of those points came off stuff from the Eagles. You know, interceptions, taking points off the board, some turnover. Like, just the Buccaneers' D looked pretty good. Or the Eagles' offense looked absolutely atrocious. Whichever way you want to take that. Yeah, the, the Eagles offense just looked completely inept. Jalen Hurts, Did not, not a good game. No. Mm-hmm. Several turnovers. Just felt like he looked a little bit lost out there. Yeah, the moment was too big for him. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe they had the greatest game plan. And I get that they kind of got punched in the mouth real quick, but they abandoned that run pretty quickly. And what, what did we talk about all last episode? For them, it was all about the running game. Yeah. And once they turned the back on that, we knew that it was going to be a that was probably going to be it for them, right? Yeah, and they didn't really have a running game outside of... They had some nice Jalen Hurts runs in the first half, but Boston Scott got loose in the second half for kind of a long run after the game was was out of reach. But, yeah, they just they just didn't show up. I, a big thing they kept harping on in the broadcast was they just inexplicably didn't want to give their best players the ball. Like, Devontae Smith didn't have a catch till like, halftime or whatever it was. Yeah, I caught that. They didn't that. even try to give him the ball. No even, like, wide receiver screens or anything like that. And the corners were playing... Literally like 12 yards off. What would we do in that situation if a corner's playing 12 yards off of Devontae? Screen right away. 
Yeah, just step up, right? Receive the snap, step up, throw. Hike, throw, boom. Guaranteed six yards at least, right? Six yards if he makes nobody miss. Correct. I don't know what they were doing. I have no idea. They didn't even give Dallas Goddard the ball very much. I mean, it just, it made no sense. Their game plan was to, I guess, get Quez Watkins involved early because that's about all they did. <laughs> I don't know if any of you pay attention to the Eagles, but that is not the main guy on the offense. Receiver four or five at yeah. best. <laughs> but he was, he looked like wide out one in that game plan, man. Uh, that was, that was rough. Bad coaching, bad game plan, bad execution. Brady looked all right. I mean, he looked good early but definitely the pressure affected him. For our potential future matchup, correct? Right. if we do have to play the Buccaneers, which we're going to see, but it's looking like that that could happen, right? It's possible. Brady throws for 271 and two touchdowns, 117 and a touchdown of those. Go to Mike Evans. Godwin's gone. Yeah. Antonio Brown is gone. So Mike Evans' volume of targets is going to greatly increase. Yeah, it was the Mike Evans show. Really, the offense, they did some nice little quick stuff mm-hmm. a little bit, but they looked a little off. If I'm being honest, the Bucks early on throwing to Tyler Johnson and, and the, those boys, but things started clicking into place when he really kind of started force feeding Mike Evans, and the Eagles didn't really have anything to go against it. So a little preview here in case we play them. Mm-hmm. Think about Mike Evans. Do you think we are better or worse equipped against Mike Evans this year than we were last year? Way better. And there is one man. There is because even... that is the reason why. <laughs> yes, I mean he's honestly the guy you would want on him anyways, right? Even if all three of our top cornerbacks are healthy, right? Who do you put on Mike Evans? Come on, Packer fans. This is an easy answer. Easy answer. His name is Razul. Yes. Razul God Douglas. A big physical guy. Uh, Mike Evans is big and physical. Not really going to, I mean, he'll beat you downfield, but they're going to be jump balls. 100% I want Razul on him. 100%. Arguably, our most consistent playmaker on the back end yeah and i wouldn't argue if someone said mike or um uh stokes or anything like that that would make sense too but i think physicality wise mike evans isn't gonna burn douglas because of his speed so definitely put him on him another way you could think about it you have safety help over the top yeah don't cringe when i say this packer nation i'm already cringing kevin king all right, let's. He uh, is he is good at very specific things, covering bigger, slightly slower, less agile receivers. That is Mike Evans. He could stay with him stride for stride. You know he could. I thought for sure you're going to say he's very good at not being in the picture when his his guy catches the ball because that's probably his biggest strength. <laughs> I got nothing to say to that. I got nothing to say to that. But Razul would be a gr- absolutely great matchup against Mike Evans. Perfect. Let Stokes. And hopefully Jair, right? Just shut down Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, all, all the other guys. That's fine. That's an interesting matchup you bring. Stokes on Scotty Miller. A little like burner that. from Barrington. Why? <laughs> we don't bring up. Listen, I can tolerate this whole own thing if they're on our team. If they're yeah. on another team, I don't give a shit. Okay? You shouldn't care about them at all. He is the enemy. Do you understand? You know, I do. And we're going to talk about one later. And I won't say own, but I will bring up where he's from. On to the quote-unquote game between the Chiefs and the Steelers, which I mean, only thing I'm going to say about this game is boo-hoo on the Raiders. Boo-hoo on the Raiders for not tying the Chargers, so we had to watch Big Ben in the, Big ben in the playoffs. Yeah, that was terrible. He yep. looked terrible. 
We knew they were going to look bad, right? That's the Steelers, what we saw. Okay, I'm going to go on a very small rant here. That's not even Big Ben related. Najee Harris, right? 1,200 yards. Great rookie year, right? Look great. 74 receptions. Wonderful. Yeah, he's a stud. I'll give it to him. Is he? And I don't mean this in a bad way. He's a very good running back. But I think some of the things, plagued is the incorrect word, but that he showed that gave me some concern at Alabama are some of the same things I'm seeing this year. That's a lack of explosion and big plays, right? So if you bring up his stats, which we definitely don't need to, he averaged like three yards or less per carry in this game. If you go back and look at his stats the rest of the year, he broke five yards per carry twice. Twice. That's it. All the other ones you're talking in the threes. No, I'm going to ask you how much of that is a product of having Big Ben with Noodle Army as your quarterback. Okay, if if I'm a defensive coordinator playing the Steelers, I am loading the box because Noodle Army is not going to beat you anymore. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, they have a lot of weapons, so you'd hope that you could get something going. They clearly don't because of his noodle arm. But my point is, he wasn't explosive at Alabama. His senior year, I don't think he had a rush over 25 yards, which is crazy. You're playing for Alabama. How does that not happen? He doesn't have that kind of explosion. He's not going to take one to the house from 60, which when you're an underdog, right, and they're going to run, you're going to try to run the ball early, see what happens. You need to be able to pop some off, get some chunk plays. Najee Harris is not the guy to do it. He's a very good running back. Great out of the backfield, especially given his size. However, he's just you're not going to get that out of him. And you need that when you're playing a high-powered Chiefs offense. You run up the middle for two yards, just isn't going to cut it. And obviously it didn't. No, it wasn't a game in the slightest. No, and I feel bad because Najee Harris is a good running back. He's not the reason they lost, but that's something that's been eating at me for most of the year. Do you feel better? Well, he's a not-explosive player on a not-explosive offense. He's not helping the cause. Not a lot of what that team does helps the cause. You know what does help the cause? TJ Watt. It does. He, is a he was he was the offense, essentially. He hit <laughs> he, the scoop and he score. He that scoop and score. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be a blowout. And then I woke up the next morning and I'm like, yeah, nope, that was it. Yeah, the Chiefs look good. The Chiefs look like the Chiefs, right? They look like the Chiefs. Steelers look like they did not belong. I would have loved to see the Chargers versus the Chiefs in that game. A couple of young gunslingers would have been great to see. Would have been so much more interesting. Way... An offense that you don't want to claw your eyes out while watching. Clearly, they have some potential coaching problems there. But Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, right? That's a, that's an offense you want to watch. That's a team you want to watch. I agree. Like I said, I was definitely disappointed with the results of the Raiders-Chargers game, which led to the Steelers being in the playoffs. Yeah. The fact that we haven't seen Herbert in the playoffs yet is just a tragedy. It that, is because he's a stud. He's really good. On that... That last drive to tie the game for overtime, he had like four straight fourth down conversions. And you can say, well, why'd they get to fourth down? He can't be that good. Okay, whatever. I don't care. His pinpoint accuracy on those throws, surgical. He's got it. He's got it. Big, strong arm. Very good accuracy. Very athletic. I mean, he's he's the whole package there. So I agree. It's a travesty. We have not seen them yet in the playoffs. Seen him yet in the playoffs. And we were forced to watch this terrible Steelers team because they're terrible, man. I just, as soon as that, that Raiders Chargers game ended, it was like, oh, great. Get to watch Big Ben go out in a thud. It's just disrespectful, man. I feel bad too, right? Long storied career. 
threw a pick six to Nick Collins to let us win that Super Bowl. Really appreciate it. Threw a pick to Jared Bush to make me a profit. Really he appreciate did. that too. He Sorry, did. Mr. Mueller. It's the one for the show. I'm done now. That's fine. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I, d- I didn't want to watch them, and they proved us all right. Only other game we're going to cover in brief was the Cardinals and the Rams. And this, again, is is technically a game, but it really wasn't. God, that game sucked. I'm a nurse. Yeah. I deal with a lot of shit. But this was a special Kyler Murray shitting the bed. Like I, He looked like he just did not belong on the football field. Or that he even wanted to be there. Correct. I mean, that interception, that was a pick six. the Literally the shortest pick six in playoff history. When he's bailing back into the, the end zone there. And he holds the ball in the end zone. Like, you got to know, right? That's early on in QB school. If you're in your own end zone, that ball's got to go when you hit your back foot. Situational awareness. Yeah, and he just holds it, kind of rolls a little bit. And then just kind of like wings it sidearm, underarm. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Got to say, though, it was really funny. Uh, on ESPN the day afterwards, Dan Orlovsky had the audacity to talk about Kyler Murray's lack of awareness in the in his own end zone. Okay, I know a little tangent again. Dan Orlovsky was a Lions quarterback for a year or two. Yeah. Infamously ran out of the back of his end zone trying to escape Jared Allen. So, Honestly, that may have been less embarrassing and would have been better for the team if Kyler Murray had just done that. Numerically, yes, would have been much better. My wife, Sally, who does not watch the Cardinals or the Rams or really much football besides the Packers because I forced her to, questioned Kyler Murray yesterday. Like, why does he keep running back into the end zone? Because he kept doing it. They kept being backed up, and he just kept rolling back into the right, back through the end zone. It's like, what are you doing? He gets happy feet, I've noticed this season, a lot. And he won't go towards the line of scrimmage, because I remember very vividly the play she asked about. He had an opening, kind of that guard tackle area, right, where the the ends or linebackers kind of loop around the outside, and you have an opening to run up the field. And then you can throw or, or run whatever you want to do there. But instead, he decided to loop all the way back around his right tackle and that end or linebacker. And at that point, the field's cut down to a third. The defense knows exactly what you're doing. They're all funneled in one direction. Like, you have no options. Or if you run up the field, right step up into or through the pocket, he's quick. He could have picked up some yards or keep your eyes upfield. Defense is still spread. You're not wasting all that time. He made no sense last night. He looked terrible. Go back to playing baseball if you're going to play like that. My favorite part of the game. And to be honest, I didn't watch any of this game. I missed it. You didn't miss much. <laughs> so watch my highlights like I do today. You know, there was a one point where Cardinals are down. It was like 11 to 30, with like 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And if you remember this game, they had the Manning cast. So you had Peyton and Eli and they, they had their, their, their guest host on. And it just happened to be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson being down by 20, you know, in a playoff game in the fourth quarter. He's been there before. He has. If, if we, where am I? I? I didn't want to bring it up, but yeah, he has. Just the perfect person to talk about, you know, coming back from this that's a situation. And, you know, they're talking to Russell Wilson and Russell is like, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm going up and down my sideline saying, we ain't done yet. We got this. Let's go. Let's fight. And I completely respect what he said. 100%. Obviously, there's no Brandon Bostic on the field in this case. There's so, not. You know, it would have been a little harder for the Cardinals to come back, but I see your point. But the cherry on top is that right when he finishes saying that, when Russell finishes giving his, you know, galvanting speech, 
they turn to Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and he looks like a puppy who had his toy taken away from him. He's sitting, he's pouting. What? Yeah. And I know that Russell Wilson is not either of our, of our favorite quarterback for multiple reasons. Um, and he is the most raw, raw quarterback ever. Right. I hate him. Because he's beaten our team, but I respect his leadership. I was gonna say, and his never gonna die mentality. Right, and you need that in the playoffs. I mean, what are you gonna do? Roll over? I mean, you gotta keep fighting. You don't have another choice. There's no. That's what you're doing this for all year, all the work, year round, and you're just gonna quit. He's got to be one of the greatest. Like end of the game, postseason. We need a drive. I'm gonna get it done somehow. I don't care if I have to scratch, claw, bleed. Whatever I have to do, I'm going to do it. And you got to respect that as a competitor. Yeah, no one has ever questioned his dedication uh, to his craft or especially his leadership qualities. I mean, right, people love him for that. So I I completely agree. And Kyler Murray, just he looked out of it from the start almost. And right after the the first couple things went wrong, I mean, he threw that pick on a a little halfback screen just because he kind of threw like a little dart above – James Conner's head, and it's like, well, that's not going to work. But he looked, body language already bad, and you're still in, like, the first or second quarter. I mean, he got beat mentally very early on and made this game a chore to watch. At least on the Cardinals' side of the ball, yeah, for sure. The Rams they look good, showing their ingenuity. Odell Beckham, apparently, maybe Baker was the problem. Odell doing some things. Yeah, they've clearly finally gotten him involved into the offense, unlike when we played him. Um, he looked good. I mean, he looks like a real part. I'm not necessarily, not necessarily up to what Woods was, right? But definitely fully integrated as part of the offense and a weapon. Yeah, you think about the receivers and the Rams between Woods and especially Cup. These guys are excellent route runners. Where that mm-hmm. is the strength of their game. They're, they're not tacticians. Yeah, yeah, they're not great burners. They're not, um, you know, go up get fifty fifty balls. They're just great route runners and. Okay, Odell had that one catch that we all saw in 2013 on mm-hmm. Sports Center for like five months straight. But when I think of Odell, you know, he is a good route runner. He, he is. is crisp. So it makes sense that he is getting higher production in a system that is geared towards route runners. Yeah, that prioritizes that, right? Yeah. Or he can be schemed open even a little bit. And I think another big takeaway from that game on the Rams side of the ball, I have two, one kind of. Uh, positive and then one definitely negative um cam Akers, man he's really good at football right not happy he's back if we have to see them again no he looked really good out there he looked really good definitely scary i mean i'm glad all right they're gonna go play the buccaneers i'm glad that they have their best running back to go up against that really good run d but i don't want to see cam Akers. he looked explosive i mean he makes guys miss that sony michelle just can't he's got to take it to the house speed um, he's bigger than Daryl Henderson, so he can get through more tackles. He looked he looked good. I mean, he kind of reminded me. I was thinking about this. And I understand this may just be biased because they went to the same school, but he reminded me a little bit of Dalvin Cook. It's a good compliment. Out there, I mean, just his his kind of like you make the one move and then explode. Dalvin's very good at that, right? Kind of get that one arm tackle and then boop through the hole. There he goes. He's got speed to take it a long way. Acres reminded me of that, and that is not a good thing for us anyways. Kind of a coin toss as to if we beat 
the Niners, A, who you would want more, and B, like, who has the advantage? I think that's going right. to be a very good game between the Bucks and the Rams. I do, too. I do, too. And I think that the, if the Cardinals had won, that definitely favors the Bucks, right? Yeah. Because the Rams at this point definitely feel like the stronger team and the more well-rounded team. We'll see if playoff Stafford, if Ram Stafford comes back. If he rears his head again. Time will tell. He looked good. The other thing I do want to bring up about this is ugly. I don't know if you saw this or heard about this. Aaron Donald. Will you please stop choking people on national television? And NFL, referees, owners, whatever it is. If he continues to choke people on national television, he needs to be held accountable. He's an NFL superstar, Luke. If you hold him accountable, you might take him off the field. You can't do that. That would hurt ratings. You know that. I do. I do. But you can't have him out here choking people. No, I agree. Who did he choke on our team? Was it uh It was uh, no, well, Lucas it, Patrick? It was Lucas Patrick this year. I think he choked Elton last, or last year, two years ago. You know, instead of choking people, you could just beat them with a defensive move and sack the quarterback. That's just me, though. You can't beat the mighty Lucas Patrick. <laughs> Not when you're a three-time, potentially four-time uh, defensive player of the year. Touche. Not possible. So I, I don't want to see that anymore. I want... He doesn't even get flagged for it. Why hasn't he gotten the, the Nadamakan Sue rep with all these choking incidents? I mean, I guess Nadamakan Sue stepped on someone's arm. Yeah. But still repeat violent offenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. Um, he's definitely in that territory in my mind, but I don't know if nationally that's really been brought to light the same way with Sue. Sue was more of a, a cheap shot artist. Donald definitely seems to kind of go to his one move of choking someone. But I guess he seems more friendly the rest of the time. Maybe. That's that's about all I got. But, I mean, you just can't have this in, in the NFL anymore. I mean, he's got to at least be flagged. At least, right? At least. I mean, he should be thrown out the game. That's what should happen. It'll be interesting to see, because everyone talks about Brady's and his boys. They always get the calls. Mm-hmm. That'll be a little matchup in the matchup. That will be, especially because they got some mean guys on that front. Um, was his name Jensen? I think their center. Mm-hmm. He's he's fiery. So I think that'll be an interesting matchup. There. I was gonna say feisty. We're thinking <laughs> along the same lines. We are. We absolutely are. All right. Now let's get into the meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. So on the drive over to Luke's place because we always record at Luke's place. We do because he's allergic to my cat. Can't I breathe. Am. Not a good thing. I was thinking about how I wanted us to break down this game because there's a lot of content that we can cover because we have our our week three matchup mm-hmm. and we have the Dallas game and we have how everything translates into this game against the Niners. So how I wanted to do it is kind of our usual format where we talk about things on offense, things on defense, but we're going to kind of go, you know, what we remember from week three, mm-hmm. what happened with Dallas, what happened with their offense and their defense. And then how it translates into what's going to happen, what might happen on Saturday, how things have changed. Right. So, let us begin on offense. Let us begin. May I start? Absolutely. Feel free. So, if we can roll back the clock, folks, to week three. This is September. Mm-hmm. We had just we'd been smacked by the Saints. We don't talk about that. So, we didn't really know where our season was at. We thankfully won against the Lions. This was... This game in San Fran was, can we get the monkey off our back? Right. 
can we go to San Francisco, go to California or Florida, and win a game? If you remember, so Bakhtiari was obviously out because he's just back now for the first time this season now. But Elton Jenkins, we had moved to left tackle. He was out. Yep. So this was the first time we were going to see Yash Nijman, who to that point had been kind of a meme in in Packer fan circles, right? Yeah. Yeah. You see him in preseason games, you know, jokes are kind of made about him. And it's like, oh, shit. You know, we haven't handled this team well in the past before with all of our horses. Now we have our third string left tackle. Against Nick Nick Bosa. Bosa. And those boys. And I thought, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Get destroyed on the offensive line was my thought. I'm not a coach, but my thought process would be, okay, let's bring in extra guys to block. Let's give Rodgers protection. And you know what they did? They did the exact opposite. (laughs) They They went five wide with a little bit of chipping from RIP McHenry's own. Big Bob. Big Bob. But they went a lot of five wide, like two, three step drops. It was, they showed stats all throughout that game about how fast Rodgers release rate was because mm-hmm. then essentially you nullify the pass rush right this is a game where we primarily fed Devonte. you did have what's also laughable now is you had lazard's first catch of the season and think about all the strides he's made huge we'll get back to that mvs had a nice couple like 30 yarders mm-hmm. opening things up down the field another key part of this offense from that game i want to mention Again, thinking back to the time frame, when we played the Saints, the run wasn't working. We completely abandoned it. I think this week three game, other than the Saints game, was probably the worst we've run the ball. We had 25 carries for 100 yards. We didn't run it well, but we stuck with it. We did. And I think what's interesting, and and I'm sure we'll get into it, but it was very one-sided running the ball, which is probably one of the last times we really saw that. Aaron Jones got 19 of those 25 carries. A.J. Dillon barely got anything. Which now, the flip isn't completely swapped because last two games, Dillon's is, or Jones got a little more carries. But it's much closer to 50-50 usage. Much it, closer. And you probably think that Dillon has the slight nod in carries. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Other thoughts on offense from that game before I jump to what Dallas did and didn't do and yada, yada, yada. Um, well, obviously that was the game, right? Where we had the 37 seconds. We need to go down and kick a field goal. So that was a thing of beauty. Just watching Aaron tear out hearts on that last drive. Just thrown to Devante somehow between like 27 different 49ers defenders. Right over Fred Warner. Correct. Um, so that was a beautiful thing. But I just remember Devante. I mean, Devante had over half the catches in this game. I mean, it was the Devante show and then more Devante and then more Devante. I mean, they couldn't stop him. And they couldn't. And they still don't have anybody in the secondary that can. If anything, the secondary has probably gotten worse. Jumping the ship a little bit. But yeah, I agree. But that was that was the Rodgers to Devontae. That was pretty much that game. So let's let's fast forward to this Cowboys game, right? Yeah. So Dallas did not utilize the quick pass game at all in the first half. No, they didn't. They did a lot of dropbacks. Or their best receivers. It's very odd. Agreed. A lot of dropbacks. 
I think they were probably designed as three-step drops, but when Rodgers is a three-step drop, it's one, two, three, throw. Mm -hmm. Other quarterbacks like Dak, one, two, three, look, 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 Uh Mm uh-oh. The story of this game for Dallas' offense was ineffective running by Zeke, which is what we talked about beforehand, that you need to be giving the ball to Pollard more. Yep. You have... Dak holding onto the ball for too long. I'm guessing they they were calling deeper routes down the field. You have to wait for those progressions to happen. And then there was a lot. There was at least three or four. The Niners got five sacks. I counted three or four of them. Happened the play after the Cowboys got a holding penalty or a block on the back or something, and they were put in third and 10, third and 15. So uh, Dak's holding the ball more. Right. You have to wait for the routes to develop. There comes the sack. The key interception in the second half was off one of those plays. Mm-hmm. Off of a penalty, I think it was a block in the back by Dalton Schultz. It's third and 20. Dak tries to force it, stare down his receiver, and it's an easy pick. Niners get the ball in plus territory on like the 30-yard line. Couple plays, Debo scores. Right. So in situations like this, you know, where we play a team – so much earlier in the season, there are things you can take away and things that you can, you know, you can't take away. Things are different, and we will get into some of those differences. But on our side of the ball, offensively, it's all about getting the ball out quick. When Dallas drove in the second half, it was the quick passing game that did it. That should still be the game plan here. I'm okay, and I would encourage us to go five wide, chip Bosa. Even if Bakhtiari's still there. If Bosa's playing. If Bosa's playing, which reports are that Bosa and Fred Warner should still both play. I'd be shocked if they don't. Death by a thousand cuts. It was the only the Devontae show last time. Cobb is back and actually useful. He wasn't really a big part of the offense back then. Yeah, he wasn't really fully integrated yet. And Lazard is now a glorified tight end. I know we lost Big Bob, but I think that with how well Lazard has played, it's a very similar substitution yeah, and we talked about that last week, right? He's running a lot of a lot of tight end routes, essentially. Yeah, so that's going to be big. I was going to bring up Cobb as well. Uh, this could be a game like <laughs> Devin Fistpump. Sorry over here. for the rant. I just I had all this analysis <laughs> ready did. to go for the game. I was, was so excited. He was so excited. He was so pumped to, to bring you guys this. Uh, but yeah, Randall Cobb having a great game is kind of what I expect, like the, like the Pittsburgh game, right? Like where he kind of went off. The very next game is where yeah. he went off, yeah. So I could see uh, a game kind of from him. Plus, we all know. We all know that Randall loves to do one thing. Show out in big moments. That he does. So this is a big moment. I expect him to have a good game. Like I said, they've probably gotten worse in the secondary since then. So Devontae's going to go off some more and some more and some more. Do you think we see any of the Ravens treatment where they literally did not shy around the fact that they had two guys covering him in man? That's a good question. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they did something like that. And granted, we don't pay super close attention to the 49ers, but I don't think they've made any additions to the secondary personnel-wise. No, no, I don't believe so. So I, I I think our offense is better now than it was then. I mean, you got... Bakhtiari back. Yep. You got Myers back. Like I mentioned, the running game, while we stayed with it, it was shit. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We- and I think we're going to get a lot more A.J. Dillon wearing him down than we did in that game. So you got to factor that in. 
So offensively, I think that we've kind of kind of caught up. I want to think if there was anything else I wanted to mention. It's just that Dallas, when they started having success, it was when they were doing the short, quick passes, have to do the same thing. And it, like I said, it kind of meant it kind of felt like Cedric Wilson was their wide receiver one, which was puzzling. He's a little speedy, usually a slot guy, <clears throat> Cobb, but. They have great receivers there in Dallas, but once again, they didn't seem overly interested in getting like CD super involved. There were a couple plays, like a, a screen to CD that was yeah. almost a first down. Again, called back with penalties. Dalton Schultz, their tight end, who's up and coming. Yeah, no, he he's looked really good as the season's gone on. But you think about it, he is not the first name he mentioned when you talk about receiving threats for the Cowboys. No. So he's, you know, three, four, he kind of gets lost. In the wash, right. thinking what he's going to cover. There's a few other guys in the Packers that might get lost in the wash that could have big games. Here's hoping. Josiah DeGuara, I'm looking at you. Even though he's receiver two, Alan Lazard, I'm looking at you. Mercedes Lewis, maybe if you you know go out for a route, they forget about you. I think our passing offense and our running offense, honestly, should have success against this team. I completely agree. I don't see why we wouldn't. Any other thoughts about how the season's gone on offensively changes versus what they showed and what Dallas did? Oh, one more. Based on, sorry, just popped in my head, how you mentioned the Devontae drive. Mm-hmm. You would think D'Amico Ryans, who is now their defensive coordinator, would learn with 30-something seconds to not go super prevent. Dallas's almost comeback, where Dak just... Had that Neil, the, the quarterback run, which was poor clock management. Kind of crazy to see them call that. They still almost, they were in scoring position. Yeah. Because yeah, they, they were. went complete prevent. Something to watch out for. 100%. Also, I do want a quick mention that, man, I feel old watching Tomiko Ryans be a coach. Yeah, it's cool, right? <laughs> it is like cool. I grew up watching that guy, but then it feels Him, like him, Byron Leftwich, Gerard I, Mayo. I grew up watching that guy. That's right? how it feels real that's quick. 100% how it feels. Which is like, we're not that old, but that's what it feels like when it's like, D'Amico Ryans, Gerard Mayo. I'm like, oh, man. Whew. I remember them. Uh, but yeah, I think really something I think we could do, and I expect us to do because we have shown it a little bit more recently, is be more creative, right? Like we've said a couple times at this point, a lot of Aaron Jones in this game, not a lot of A.J. Dillon. I'm expecting a lot of both. Pony. Pony. That's what it's called when they're both in the field. Correct. I expect a lot of that. I think we're going to get really creative. Um, we're not Kyle Shanahan and we don't have Debo, but I could see some some interesting things going on in the backfield. Like I said, I think we've seen more of that the last couple of weeks of the season. Get a little bit more creative with some of our personnel groupings. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. I think we've taken a lot of strides in that regard as well. And you do have the like LaFleur Shanahan rivalry. Yep. Right? Shanahan's Mr. Creative Play Call or with Debo and Kittle and all these guys. You don't think Matt wants to be like, <laughs> I can do it too? 100 percent Love to see it. Love it. I can't wait to see what he's gonna do. It's gonna be good. To defense? Oh, man, yeah, let's let's talk about some defense. All right, so back in our Week 3 matchup, we'll start there just like we did on offense. Our boys are pretty stifling, and as painful it is for me to remember, two guys, pretty unsung heroes, 
not McHenry, Naperville and... Come on, I man. I can do it. Come on, man. Naperville's own and the one from Northwestern, right? Yeah, yeah, the one that's actually been really good this year. We talk about him almost every episode. Dean Lowry. Yep. Rockford. Rockford. Thank you. Rock. That's right, because he's a rock in the middle. They both balled out. Yeah, they both had good game. games. They had a lot of a lot of pressure, right? I don't think their stats were crazy, but they had they made some impactful plays, even if other people got the tackle. Something we saw in that game, which we haven't really seen since, they put Kenny Clark over the offensive tackle, like defensive end, because mm-hmm. Lancaster was pummeling the center at the point of attack. That was huge. Yeah. And Alex Mack, their center, was a hell of a center. Like Very good. Their offensive line pieces were playing. It's not like they were banged up. Right. So I suspect, hope, he could still have that sort of impact. That would be great. That would be great. And even if he doesn't, we've seen a little bit more out of TJ Slayton. Obviously, Dean Lowry's just become a monster since then. Five sacks, career high. I'll give praise where praise is due. And a lot of pressure, a lot of impactful plays in the run game as well, just using that that absolute mammoth strength. This was the game where he had that sack on a stunt. Do you remember that? Yes. You're not more excited? Why am I more excited for a sack? Because you didn't remember where he was from. <sighs> Can you forgive me? I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll see. We'll All right. see. All right. His beautiful sack on a stunt mm-hmm. where he was supposed to be uh, the sacrificial lamb, and instead he got free and just landed right in the arms of Jimmy Garoppolo. Love that. Love it. Love to see it. Love to see it. I think the the big difference, right, not even just a D-line, right, we are in a similar position, I think, as we were D-line-wise. Although we may be getting Zedarius back. That could be huge. Zedarius? And Whitney Merciless. Which is just mind-blowing that he could come back from a torn bicep. The amount of heart that that man has to be back. Insane. Insane. Whoa. That was good. Whoa. That was good. <laughs> That's the first time we've ever done that. <laughs> that was good. But yeah, man, just if they take Tipa snaps and Garv, I mean, it's, it's Granted, crazy. Garvin still played well in that game, he did. but he did. I would agree putting those guys a little bit further down. I mean, th- thinking about it, if we have back to the four pass rushers, the two groups of two where mm-hmm. you have Preston and Gary and or probably. I think they'll keep rolling Preston and Gary. Preston and Gary and then Merciless and Zedarius. I like that. Insane. And watching back the film, you remember NASCAR, the package they would do? I do. I do. When it was like nothing but linebackers. But you would put Preston, not Preston, you would put Zedarius up on front of the center. Yep. Watch him back against the Arizona game. Whitney Merciless said that with success, he was able to get Russell Wilson, or Russ, Russell Wilson. <laughs> he sacked Russell Wilson. He was able to get Kyler Murray out of the pocket a few times. Correct. Both those guys bringing back offers a lot of versatility for a what lot. we can do as a pass rush. Yeah, I mean, and we've it's been noted over the last couple of years, Darius can kick inside pretty easily and kind of play defensive tackle if he needs to. Now, hopefully he still can. We don't necessarily know what shape these guys are in, but that would be the hope. I mean, he's a big enough body. He can do that, kind of give you that that extra little something. So that would be huge, absolutely huge. Darius posted on his Instagram today because, you know, you got to follow the boys. got to see where their mind's at. A film of the NFC title game in San Fran. I like that. When he was one of the guys who just had a terrible game, big reason we got our ass kicked. Yep. 
you know he is coming back with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. Thank you for doing all that hard research over there, Devin. I really appreciate that. And I'm sure the fans at home do too. But that's uh, that's what you love, right? That's what you love. It's it's stories like that, mm-hmm. or Aaron Jones staying after. I think it was this past year. Too many championship game losses to count, but staying <laughs> after and and watching, watching them celebrate and getting that chip on your shoulder. I yep. mean, that's the kind of person that I am. You know, like when I'm working out or whatever, I want that chip on my shoulder. Absolutely, I'm with you there. It's great to see, and it's. Aaron Rodgers has, has brought this up a couple of times. We're kind of we're a great team, and everyone we're probably potentially the favorite to win the Super Bowl, right? I'm just gonna put that out there. Probably on right? paper, yeah. But it's a team comprised of a lot of a lot of people that have kind of been thrown away, or people that weren't potentially good enough, right? And we'll get into that when we talk about the secondary. Oh yes, we will. But a, built on a team built of a team that has chips on their shoulders. Misfit right. toys. Exactly. We're the island of misfit toys. And it's coming back. It is. With a reckoning. Pause for a second. <laughs> Guys, all Packer Nation that's listening, if you have not seen the clip comprised by a Packer fan from the Avengers Endgame, but he replaces it with all the heroes as Packer players that are coming back from injury. You need to go watch that tonight. Just Google Packers Endgame. You'll find it on YouTube. The cinematography is not great, but if it doesn't get you in the feels, unsubscribe. Have a nice life. Okay, we need everybody. We can't maybe don't unsubscribe. But I understand the sentiment, Devin. I completely, completely do. And I'm going to go one further, right? We play, what, 7-15 Saturday night? Yes, we do specifically. Throw that baby on at like 710. Get the right. juices going. Right, because you're going to be watching pregame or whatever. End of the first game, whatever it is. And then and then really get that going. You're going to be watching pregame, and they're going to be slamming that Aaron Rodgers is 0-3 against the team that he grew up loving. You're going to see that picture the of him. The team that should have drafted him. In the 49er helmet and all that bullshit. Drown it out with a little positivity. You'll be feeling better. You are welcome. Exactly. See, I'm getting, I'm getting excited already. There getting we go. Already. That's the energy so I want. Let's bring up someone who we did not have in this game. Let, yeah, we're talking about defense. We can let's go back levels. Levels. As we're going through games, let's go back through levels. So, talk about the linebacker position. A couple of things I wanted to hit on here. Okay. Ty Summers has to come in in week three because Chris Barnes, the Thumper, who is a stout, disciplined. Run defender. Yep. Goes out. Ty Summers has to play. For all the crap we give Jimmy G, he exploited him. Threw at him four times. He was four for four against Ty Summers, so good for him. We know Chris Barnes isn't exactly all worlds in pass coverage. Definitely not. But he's gotten a lot better. He's better than Ty Summers at everything. Better than Ty Summers. Feel really good about having him back this matchup, right, with this explosive 49ers running game. Mm -hmm. Different than the one we faced in 2019. Still explosive. Different than the one we faced in week three. Agreed. Happy to have him back. So, that being said, about different than we faced in week three. Mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, all-around stud, listed as a wide receiver, but now basically plays as much running back as he does wide receiver. He's just such a good football player. This guy gets the ball in so many different ways. Jet sweeps, halfback tosses. 
halfback cutbacks. But all these things have one thing in common for a defense. It's about lane integrity. Mm. It's about communication. It's Mm -hmm. about knowing where you have to be. It's about as well, if the defense is in man coverage, oftentimes it is the linebacker who is on the running back. True. I don't know the rules of the defense, but I'm assuming we would like to get out of that. So having our quarterback on defense, Mr. All-Pro Devondre Campbell, having him as field general in the middle of the field, identifying when Debo is moving around, what the matchup has to be, making sure that we are putting ourselves in the most advantageous coverages is going to be huge. He, in my mind, very much is the difference maker for this game as the general of the defense on the field with everything moving, the moving pieces, the motion, keep Jack Debo, all that stuff. In our week three show, we were talking about him and I said, he's the best we've had since AJ Hawk. And you're like, yeah, it might be a little soon praise. And I know I've missed on a lot of stuff, folks. I mean, I don't think I was wrong. He's now all pro. Yeah, no, I'm saying week three. It Fair. was a little early. Fair. It was a little early. He's now all pro. Oh, yeah. Props to him. Props to you for, for jumping on that train real early. Uh, he's been absolutely amazing and everything we've wanted and hoped for in that position for decades. We're going to need him this game. My, oh, my. We are definitely going to need him. We're going to have to face Eli Mitchell, who we didn't play in the first game. Nope. They're trying out Sermon. Um. And then obviously Debo. I mean, that's it's a tall order. This this is not the 2019 rushing attack. No, I think we fare better against this one. But very very good rushing, rushing scheme. Even I mean, it like we've talked about before. It's a Shanahan offense. You just throw one of us back there, we'll run for a thousand. I mean, great scheme, and they have really good players in that scheme to kind of make it work. And that's going to be. Something I'm really interested in, and you're right, Devondre Campbell is going to be the key. Him and Kenny Clark are going to be the key to kind of stopping that. You know who else? Because a lot of these runs, what I think about is is cutbacks and runs to the perimeter. Yeah, I wrote down in my notes watching that Cowboys Port Niners game. It's like you're you're playing hide and go seek with Mitchell and Debo, right? Because one of them is going to bounce out. Oftentimes, they both them in the backfield. Yep. Or one's going in in motion, and one's going to go up the gut. You know what would be really helpful? If you can put Kenny Clark, like we did in week three, you put him on the tackle. Slide him out. Slide him out on the tackle. Because he's gonna he is gonna blow that tackle up. He's gonna eat a ton of space out there. You're not gonna get around him. He's, You're gonna, right. he's gonna redirect it. So you know what that means? Naperville's own Ooh. has to own the middle. Tyler Lancaster or TJ Slayton, we're calling you out. Be in that middle, push Alex Mack back, disrupt the running lanes. I like it. I'm not sure how much um, faith I want to put necessarily in Tyler Lancaster be the the reason we win this game on defense, but hey, I'm here for it. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go, Tyler Lancaster. You can do it, man. You've done it once. You can do it again. And contain. Contain's going to be a big thing. Contain's going to be big. Preston and Gary. Merciless too. He's a great run defender. He is. He's Z's real bad at it. Z is terrible at run defending, which is why I almost <laughs> want him to be more in the middle and selective on on pass rush downs. Right? Yeah, and I think it's especially him. 
Um, I expect bad back and everything that could be really hard to come back from. So I, I come hard to come back from. See what it see. Yeah. Boom. Um, I think that he could definitely be much more that just passing situations guy. I mean, he may have to be. Hell, honestly, I'd rather have Garvin out on the edge there for running plays than I would Zadarius at some point. Let's go Tipa. If, but here's the thing: Are they even going to be able to play? We only really have four, so it's probably just going to be if those four are active. It's going to be just those four. That's probably it, unless maybe you bench Ty Summers and then have another outside linebacker. But maybe we can hope. Yeah, but Ty Summers has to play special teams. Garvin. Okay. Well, I don't know if now is necessarily the time you you play around with some of that. But any who's, we're talking levels here. We're people. talking levels. I'm okay Let's to go, go to the secondary. Next, let's go to the next level. Let's Ooh. go to the next level. All right, folks. Who didn't we have in week three? Who, besides Devondre Campbell, is the defensive MVP for this team? I don't know. I don't know, Devin. Who, who is a aggressive, ball-hawking cornerback who has changed several key games? Sealed the game against Arizona. Backbreaker against the Rams. Another pick six against the Bears. He's one of our only cornerbacks, or guys in secondary in general, who when the ball comes to him, and Jimmy G will throw you the ball. He will. He has proved it in the past. You just have to hold on to the damn thing. Razul God is here now. He is. And you're right. He has way better ball skills than everybody else. Right? Maybe Jair. Maybe. But we don't even know because people don't throw at him. Um, And that's assuming he plays. But we already know Stokes does not have great ball skills. Right, Kevin King obviously never had great ball skills. Sorry, he has a pick this year. Slow down. Continue. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. When the ball gets thrown to you, you need to make that play. And I have complete faith in result in result that he's going to make that play. A hundred percent. And he has completely changed the outlook of the secondary from potentially being a weakness. Right. I mean, we had Stokes, and that was that was great. Then Sully was probably our second best corner once Jair went down. That's not great. No, Mm-mm. not great. But I got Rasul out there. You got Stokes out there. You got the potential return of Jair out there. Rasul, really different frame, but same sort of mentality as Sam Shields. Interesting. Yeah, different, different frame, much, different play style. But I, I see what you're saying. Much different physicality. He's gonna get burned some plays, but damn it, he's gonna trust his gut and he's gonna go get it. And yep. I know it's kind of laughable. Rasul Douglas bounced around a lot of different teams. Correct me if I'm wrong. He is the only person on the on the defense that is a Super Bowl champion. Oof. Yeah. He's been there. Yeah. You're Devondre right. Campbell, almost. If the, the whole Tom Brady, you know, yeah. Falcons thing didn't happen. Yeah. I think he is going to make a difference in this game as well. He's having from a coverage standpoint. You know, against Dallas, my boy George Kittle did not really do a whole lot. They didn't really focus... On him running routes, he had a lot, him chipping a lot, you know, kind of chip and go out if nobody else gets open. Mm-hmm. But if Kittle becomes a factor, Kevin King's an option. So is Razul. True. It's a good point. And he, he's just he's a playmaker. And this may this game may come down to one play that we need, and he's the one to make it. We didn't bring it up against the Browns. Nope. When we were just. Trying to lose that game. Trying so hard. And we nearly succeeded. What happened, Luke, when the Browns got the ball back with 
two minutes to go, down by four, and they scored the last three drives. What was the text that I sent you? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is a long time ago, Devin. This is a long time ago. I don't care. We're talking about uh, playoffs, clutchness. You called your shot with Razul. I think I said there's only one person that can save us now. You did. And his name is Razul. And that's exactly what he did. It is. It is. He has that clutch gene factor, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he has that. And that his aggression is is really, I think, what makes him stand apart. Something that no one else really has in that secondary is when they throw a hitch route, that dude is coming hard for you. Right? And he's not just gonna he's not gonna pull a savage, just you know, caress you down to the ground. Right? Oh, no. As you catch the ball. He's going for it. He wants the football. That is his football. Is You're his just football. kind of in the way. Right. Well said. And that's a mentality that I love seeing out of defensive back. Yes, you're going to get burned that way. There's no way around it, especially when you don't have like Eric Stokes level makeup speed. But I think you're right, especially against Jimmy G, like you said, who's going to throw some questionable balls, questionable balls, to say the least. Need someone who can make that play. And he's that guy who's going to make that play. We played in week three. This was the best game of the season for Darnell Savage. And listening back to our podcast from that week, his best plays were against Debo Samuel. He was thumping him. We need Savage to return to that form. We do, and honestly, he's one of the the people that can probably match up the best physically with Debo because Debo's a strong, pretty fast guy, right? So Savage. I mean, he's smaller, but he likes to hit, right? He's just got to make sure he wraps up. But he's got the athleticism to kind of stay with him. So I agreed. We need him to show up, kind of help on some of those run plays, right? When it gets bounced outside, we need Savage to come down hard, make that stop. He can have a redemption for the 2019 title game when it was we had poor perimeter seals Mm -hmm. from the outside linebackers, Mm -hmm. but also Savage and Amos took horrid angles. Correct. They should have been 15-yard runs, not 50-yard runs. And that's going to be a big thing because both him and Mitchell have a tendency to try to bounce, especially Debo. Debo, since last time we played him, right? Yeah. If you watch this game against the Cowboys, it isn't just like when we played us, it was just designed halfback pitches or reverses. Right. No, he's doing cutbacks. He is looking for his lane. Talk about that vision for a running back. He's developed that as the season has gone on. He has. He. I mean, Eli Mitchell's a great player, but Debo is a incredible running back, just playing a receiver. He's pretty darn good at that, too. So that's definitely something we have to watch, and we need Campbell. We need Savage. We need the line to keep contained to kind of keep that in check. Stay in your lane and communicate. Yep. And in the passing game, so you watch that game, Jimmy G is still missing wide open throws. He had Brandon Ayuk for like a 40-yarder, just flat out missed him. A lot of it's play action stuff. A lot of it's RPOs, Mm -hmm. which pretty evident it shows that Shanahan doesn't really trust him. No, and right now, would you either? Right? Like, I've I've liked Jimmy G, right? I'm biased, 100%. Rolling Meadows own. Yes. Oh, uh, I see. I wasn't even going to say it. Uh, but, so I'm a little biased, but he's banged up right now, too. I mean, he hurt his shoulder. So he's dealing with, with messed up tendons in his, in his throwing hand. So he can't grip the ball correctly. Now he's got a messed up shoulder. Like, he's not going to get more accurate as he gets more hurt, right? True. True. So he's going to be, potentially, if we can force him to throw unlike 2019, more than eight passes, 
Well, it's eight. I thought it was like four. It was. Eight. I literally thought it was four. <laughs> it was eight. Um, I double checked, but we just have to be prepared, right? We have to force him to throw and then take advantage of it. Because you're right. I mean, he's he's not great. He's not. I'm honestly, I'm feeling better if he's in the game than Trey Lance. Granted, Trey Lance is a rookie and has you know limited experience, but you don't know with him, right? He he's that wild card and he's that. He brings that uh, athleticism that we just don't like seeing in the playoffs. No, we saw him. And we saw him once in the week three matchup. They brought him in on a, it was either a fourth and goal or a two pointer here in the read option, and we had no answer. Correct. So, he had one carry for one yard and touchdown. I don't want to see him at all. Absolutely not. Another thing that's different for for their defense, for our defense, their offense. Mm-hmm. Week. Three, that was in September. It was. It's probably like 70 degrees outside. It was probably real nice in California. It's always, right? This past game, Jerry World, turf. People run extra fast on turf. They do. They do. It's warm. It's It's nice. Dallas, probably 70 degrees, 80 degrees. Yeah, sure. It's lovely in there. Yeah, it's going to be a high of 14 and a 50% chance of snow. Who do you think that favors, Luke? Well, I know who it favors. And there's one reason, one reason only. You would think maybe on paper, right? The team that runs the ball better. The team that builds their offense around the run game, which is the 49ers, right? And I would say, you know what? You're not wrong. But you're missing one important factor. Fire away. That important factor happens to be a turtleneck. When Aaron Rodgers puts the turtleneck on because it drops below freezing, game over, man. (laughs) It is over. When that man puts on the turtleneck, not just the long sleeves, you got to pay attention. He's specific about it. When he puts that turtleneck on, he's unstoppable. It's game over, right? And when the other quarterback, nursing a hurt hand, nursing a hurt shoulder, it's not going to feel great when it's 14 degrees, a high of 14 degrees. Everything hurts more in the cold. So smack him around a little bit. He's got a long off season to heal up. Don't want to do any permanent damage, right? We're all people here. However, he's got a long time to get better. And you know what? We can be charitable people. We can send... Jimmy G home to rehab sooner than later. I think that's the right thing to do, honestly. It's right? just the charity it's best of our for hearts. his long term health. You know, if he if he just kinda takes a break, takes it easy, you know, maybe start rehabbing a little earlier. I think that's what's in his best interest. And Darnell Savage has shown over the past few weeks that we can be charitable, we can be loving. We can be. We can caress you in the end zone. <laughs> just let you catch it. You know, we're gonna try to avoid that. Yeah, well, we want Darnell to return to, to who you we are. We do. But that turtleneck's coming out, and so are the lasers. Just going to be dropping dimes, throwing darts all over the field, all over that frozen tundra with like little flurries in the sky. I think you're going to see the – I mean, listen, this the San Francisco offense is still going to get theirs. I'm not going to say that there's not going to be a highlight of Debo Samuel running 50 yards. Oh, yeah, there probably will be. Weaving whatever through Packers. I mean, they only put up, what, 20-something points against Dallas after Dallas was shooting themselves in the foot the entire time? Yeah, 26, I think. One of them was set up by a, that stupid touchdown thrown by Dak. Mm-hmm. See, it's really like 17. But I think that the elements, the cold, the snow, definitely helps us. I mean, we play in it all the time. This 49ers team has a, a lot of young guys. Like you said, it's going to be more difficult for Jimmy G with his injuries in the cold. I have learned... From week one. (laughs) And I am not going to go and say these are the reasons why we win. We should win. 
there are things that I feel good about. There are a lot of things that I feel good about in this matchup. But what does it really come down to, Luke? What does it come down to? If we show up yeah. and our best players play their game. It's they did that, not. It's that simple. Yeah, they haven't. Most the of the la- times the, the last playoffs, two NFC Championship games, they did not. Right? That's easy to say. Safe to say. They just need to show up. And I hope that the last couple of years have made them as hungry as I know we are, Devin. As I know Oh my we god, are. if we were out there, <laughs> granted, no skill, but no heart, skill. so much. So much heart. We would get destroyed on the opening kickoff. But so much heart out there. I could be Ty Summers. Okay, I don't know about that. These are <laughs> professional athletes, Devin. And we are not. We can't forget the last facet though. Okay. Back in week three, mm-hmm. if you remember, mm-hmm. we had to have a game-winning field goal to win it. We did. Something that you pointed out was after the last spike, spike the ball like two seconds to go. Yep. I think the Packers were down by one or two. They were. It wasn't tied. And this was like a 50-something yarder. Correct. And we spike the ball, and Rodgers and the offensive linemen, they're all high-fiving. Yeah, he does a little like fist pump action. Game over. Because they knew. Yeah. They knew. They knew the Silver Fox was coming in to do his job. And the Silver Fox did do his job. I hope that you remember that for the next few weeks. Hope you go back to that form, Mason. On the other side, the most burning question for me going into this game, when we're on the topic of special teams, mm-hmm. for the love of God, is David Moore playing? <laughs> is is there I... any indication? I haven't seen anything. I don't understand. I watched the whole Matt LaFleur press conference today, and nobody yeah. asked about David Moore or what we're doing on special teams. Is he, the, is he the new Josh Myers? Is he dead? Y'all should be fired. So I think realistically the answer, I pray, is Randall Cobb. If he's out there, I assume he's going to be the punt returner. Right, he's going to be the Micah Hyde for the Bills. He's going to be the guy back there. And I know we saw him muff one and that was tragic, but he's not going to do that again. It's Randall Cobb. I trust my boy Randall Cobb. Is it just a numbers thing that we can't? Oh, God, I should have wrote this out so I don't embarrass myself now. Whether it's five or six, like, is it just that David Moore is one too many and that's why we can't activate him? Could be. Because we have Devontae, Lazard, MVS, Cobb. Amari. Oh, my God. Maybe no. Winfrey? No. No. EQ? We, oh, God, we got a lot of watch Okay, receivers. EQ is fine. We cannot have Amari active over David Moore. I agree. Mark my words. If Amari gets the ball this game, we're going to pay. Yeah, you're probably right, so I hope he does. We're going to find out, right? We're going to find out. We're going to find out a lot of things. There's still some things up in the air, right? Like you mentioned earlier, we think they're going to play. Nick Bosa, probably. I imagine he will miraculously get through the concussion protocol a day early because they're coming on a short week, Yeah. right? Be willing to put money down that that's what's going to happen. That he's not going to miss time, right? Shanahan said probable for both of them. So right. they're Warner pl- coming back, but maybe Warner's being is a little banged up. Remember, there was around last year, right? Aaron Donald was he going to play? Eh, played. Granted, was going against the human mauler that is Elton Jenkins, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he wasn't helped by the fact that he was banged up. Right. Just because you're on the field doesn't mean you're balling out. I mean, you saw that I think a little bit on um, with the Buccaneers game. And this is also a big thing. I know we kind of jump around, but Tristan Wirfs, right? All pro right tackle. 
the best right tackle in the game. Young guy. Hurts his ankle. Comes out for a couple plays. Goes back in. Very next play. Comes back out because he looks absolutely terrible. Gets completely run through and makes it worse. That's a possibility. Kind of hope he's still banged up if we have a date with them later. Honestly, I, I don't think he's coming back. I mean, he That's huge. He looked, it looked like a problem, if we're being honest. It was Ryan Kerrigan just went, took one hand and just straight through that man. And Ryan Kerrigan on the Eagles is a bit of a joke. He yeah. used to be really good on Washington, but hey, he's gotten older. But yeah. he just he drove through that man and just made it worse. So Tristan Wirfs, I think, is out is going to be out this week. But Fred Warner potentially, you could see a similar situation, right? Because he's doing what with what like a banged up ankle, I think. Sounds about right. So even if he's playing, he may not be able to be as explosive Especially as he was. A guy that's very good in coverage, very athletic, right? And even on our side, we don't know Zedarius Jair. We don't know exactly how many of these guys are coming back. We know Myers. We know Bakhtiari. I would assume Cobb, right? We're not 100% sure on some of these pieces that are going to be very pivotal in this game. I think out of all of those pieces, the one I would be most okay not to have is Zedarius. Which is crazy to say, right? But I agree. Because pass rush is not going to be a big... Is not going to be a super big part of this game, and we were really effective with the guys that we had. Plus, you have Merciless now, too. If Merciless comes back, I expect us to have a good enough pass rush without Z. But even Garvin had, a, had half a sack that game. I yeah, mean, and if Dean Lowry keeps getting more pressure up the middle, I mean, even if they're not sacks, you're just getting Jimmy G's face. He's going to throw a duck up. He's going to say, hello, Razul. What's up? That's the plan. That's the plan. Maybe Jair. Give him a little welcome back gift. <laughs> Haven't well, seen you in a while. He got a pick in the first game. Let's like get another game. one. Yeah. So I know that, you know, on paper, this is the team that we wanted to play the least. I believe I did say that last week. I think we both agreed to this, but I want to kind of flip it another way. Yeah. Luke, as Packer fans, you know, this this whole show is south of the Cheddar Curtain, right? It is. Packer fans living here. Mm-hmm. We have put up with so much shit talk for so long. And you and I have been hearing a lot lately, a couple guys at work, you know who you are. Oh, just going to go lose the NFC title game. Oh, lose, you know, lose here, lose there. It's just, it's the big butt of the joke. Can't win the big game, right? So what if we beat San Fran, who spanked us two years ago, Mm -hmm. and then I hope Tampa wins so we can go play them and beat them and shut them up. If this is our year, if this is the year we go to the bowl, I don't want no asterisks, okay? I don't want nothing. I want us to beat our demons. And the exorcism starts on Saturday. I love it. Absolutely love it. I'm 100% here for it. I agree. I'm because I was nervous, right? Last week. You probably tell if you listened to that back. I was not super excited to potentially play this team. You know what Devontae would say to you? You know what Devontae said this week? What did Devontae say this week? Somebody asked him if he was scared to play San Fran. You know what he said? If you're scared, you should go to church. <laughs> I love that. I love Devontae so much. <laughs> so much. But I agree. I mean, at some point, Right? As Packer fans, they're not wrong. We have lost a lot of big games in very dramatic fashion. Very entertaining fashion for all of us, all of the people around us. Right? And everything we've been through this year. Everything we've been through. Off season, Random Aaron Rodgers shenanigans. Right? All that we've had to hear and <laughs> listen to as fans. And haven't watched Jordan Love play, too. <sighs> that was rough. I didn't want to go there. Sorry, continue. I didn't want to go there. All that we have witnessed. Right? At some point, it's all about the game coming up. It's all about about beating San Francisco. 
It's all about one game at a time. But I absolutely want to go straight through San Fran. I want to drop 50 on Tom Brady. I want to cruise into the Super Bowl knowing that we absolutely destroyed our demons. That's what I want, Devin. And it starts Saturday night. It starts Saturday night. Absolutely, it does. Any closing thoughts? Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. We'll see you next week, folks.